It's Wednesday, July 17th. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this is The Daily Dive. Today is the fifth anniversary of the death of Eric Garner, and yesterday we found out that the Justice Department will not bring federal charges against Daniel Pantaleo, the New York City police officer who put Garner in a chokehold that later led to his death. Carl Takei, senior staff attorney at the ACLU, joins us to discuss why no charges were filed and if there is any other disciplinary action yet to come for Pantaleo. Next, as Operation Varsity Blues works its way through the courts with parents and coaches who were charged in the college admissions cheating scandal, we take a look at how USC is investigating the students who have been connected to the scandal. 33 students are under investigation to see what they knew or if they lied on their applications. Joel Rubin, reporter for the LA Times, joins us for a look inside the admissions investigation. Finally, a cash shortage may soon be squeezing the huge Democratic field of presidential candidates. Nearly half of the candidates spent more campaign cash than they raised in the second quarter of the year. Early money is more important than ever because candidates are forced to spend heavily to meet polling and donor thresholds to qualify for debates. David Siders, reporter for Politico, joins us for Who is in Danger? It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. Five years ago, my son said, I can't breathe 11 times. And today we can't breathe. Officer Pandaleo and all the officers who was involved in my son's death that day need to be off the force. The streets of New York City is not safe with them walking around. Joining us now is Carl Takei, senior staff attorney at the ACLU, focusing on police practices. Thanks for joining us, Carl. Thank you for having me. We're going to be talking about Eric Garner. The Justice Department will not be bringing federal charges against the New York police officer in the death of Eric Garner. This is after a years-long inquiry into this case that really has divided the country on a lot of different fronts. It's helped spark the Black Lives Matter movement. As we can all recall, back in 2014 when this happened, there was a lot of protests, people in the street decrying police brutality against this. And we all are very familiar with the video now where the officers got Eric Gardner in a chokehold, took him down to the floor, and he was saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And he later died of an asthma attack as a result of that. Tell us why the Justice Department is not bringing federal charges against the officer, Daniel Pentaleo. Well, the Justice Department, it, this is part of a, a longer story of the Justice Department alternately pushing forward and dragging its feet. And for the last couple of years under the Trump administration, it's been dragging its feet more and more. That finally ended today, the day before the five-year anniversary of Officer Pantaleo killing Eric Garner with the Justice Department saying, actually, we're, we're not going to do anything about it. We're not going to bring any federal charges against Officer Pantaleo. And a lot of this has to do with the quote-unquote chokehold that they put him in. You can see in the video, he goes behind him, kind of jumps up and grabs him, puts his forearm around his neck, and then they take him down to the floor. I think he maintains that he used a takedown maneuver called the seatbelt, but a lot of it has to do with this chokehold. Yeah, and, and that was actually a prohibited form of chokehold uh, that, that was not allowed by NYPD policy at the time, nor is it allowed today. And Officer Pantaleo's defense that he has offered through his attorneys in the internal NYPD disciplinary proceedings is that, as you said, this was a seatbelt maneuver, but 
you know, they're, they're experts who uh, have examined the video and uh, who testified in that disciplinary hearing that this was, in fact, a prohibited chokehold. What is the seatbelt maneuver? What's the difference? It's basically about the, the position of the arm around the neck. And, and the key distinction is that a chokehold is uh, something that cuts off the windpipe. That is prohibited in many police departments across the country because of the extreme risks of death that it creates. At the time when the police encountered Eric Garner, he was outside of a storefront. Uh, the officers were going to be arresting him because he was selling loose cigarettes. Uh, I think they refer to them as Lucy's and you know they're untaxed. And they said that he was resisting arrest. There was video taken of this. As I said, we've all a lot of us have seen this video. Did anything come uh, of this in the resisting part and then, you know, using the force to take him down? So the overall context of this is that Eric Garner had a number of police encounters in the past and Officer Pantaleo and his colleagues attempted to arrest Garner because of this very, very low level legal violation. That That is not the kind of situation that ought to result in anybody's death. And in a system that was fair under a set of laws and a set of police practices and culture that didn't encourage this kind of aggressive street-level harassment of people of color by police, Eric Garner would still be alive today. Uh, because the the most that would have resulted in the from from this interaction would have been probably a, a citation and a summons from to appear in court. The New York Police Department and other police departments around the country have made changes to the way they operate as a result of this. Anything in particular that they have changed? You know, there are some changes that NYPD has made, but these are really changes around the edges and and the larger issue of police officers still harassing people of color in ways that, you know, people living in, in more well-off white communities very rarely experience continues to be an issue, not only in New York, but across the country. So, yes, there were some changes to the way that these types of offenses are handled, but the broader issue of police basically being used as a tool to interfere in often very severe ways with the daily lives of people of color it continues to be an issue. Officer Pantaleo specifically, he's been on desk duty for the past five years. He's That still allowed him to collect a paycheck and a pension. I know they're still waiting to see if there will be any disciplinary action from the New York Police Department specifically. That's up to the commissioner, James P. O'Neill. The family of Eric Garner has felt like they have not gotten justice. Is this the last recourse, just action from uh, the commissioner? That is the, the last form of accountability that the legal system has to offer at this point. And it, it is in the commissioner's hands whether or not Daniel Pantaleo is going to continue to wear an NYPD uniform or not. And all eyes are going to be on the commissioner to see what type of action he takes. Carl Takei, senior staff attorney at the ACLU, focusing on police practices. Thank you very much for joining us. Glad to be here. Thank you. The investigators had gone and tried to confirm, you know, if you said you had served as, uh, you know, 
student council president at your high school, they went back and tried to confirm that. And if they couldn't, they asked you about it and said, why can't we find any indication that you were president of your student <laughs> council? And the lawyer said it got pretty tense and pretty emotional. Joining us now is Joel Rubin, reporter at the LA Times. Thanks for joining us, Joel. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We're going to continue to talk about Operation Varsity Blues. You know, this is the college admissions cheating scandal that was centered around this man named William Rick Singer, who was creating these side doors for students to get into a lot of top universities. USC has been one of these schools that has been impacted, I think, the most. I think they have the most amount of students that were involved in all of this and the most amount of parents that were charged related to this. And we've seen this play out in the courts already with uh, Lori Loughlin and and others, and they've been pleading guilty and not guilty and whatnot. But USC, the school itself, is also doing an investigation into whether some of these students were part of this process or how much they knew about this. So tell us a little bit about how this investigation with the school is going on. USC, by far, as far as what we know now, um, by far is the university that has been impacted uh, the most heavily by this college admissions scandal. You know, all the universities that were, were affected started looking internally to try to figure out how big of a problem they had. And most uh, found one or two students that had been perhaps admitted through the uh, illicit acts of, of Singer and their parents. Uh, but USC uh, came up with 33 students that they felt had been involved somehow with Rick Singer. Um, so now we have these investigations going on where each kid uh, was notified soon after the case uh, was unveiled that they were being investigated for falsifying their admissions application. And they had to go through these pretty rough sounding interviews with investigators that uh, work for USC. And they were confronted with a whole you know, stack of, of emails and documents and grilled on whether they had lied. And if they hadn't lied, did they know of somebody lying for them? And um, now they are pretty much waiting to hear what their fate is at the school. Yeah, help paint the picture of how these interviews are going. I mean, they were initially given emails and say, contact the office. Then within a week, you had to set up one of these interviews. And, uh, you know, there's uh, somebody taking notes. There's somebody asking the questions. And he said, right. then they're pulling out documents. You know, this is all the evidence we have on you. And uh, sometimes the these interviews would run, run long. They were supposed to be about an hour, but some, uh, most of the times they were running more than that. Right. Yeah, the, we spoke with with attorneys who have been hired to represent the students. So the students have to go through this process by themselves, but they were allowed to hire uh, attorneys to serve as advisors. And then the investigators had gone and tried to confirm, you know, if you said you had served as, uh, you know, student council president at your high school, they went back and tried to confirm that. And if they couldn't, they asked you about it and said, why can't we find any indication that you were president of your student council? And um, the lawyer said it got pretty tense and pretty emotional. Some of the students had, you know, really no idea what was going on uh, because their parents hadn't been charged in the in the federal case and perhaps hadn't ever told them that the that they had used this guy named Rick Singer to help get their kid into college. And so the lawyer said, you know, it 
it often was the case that the kids were seeing documents for the first time or seeing names for the first time that they had no idea what was going on or um, certainly, you know, or if they didn't know what was going on, they or if they knew Rick Singer, they just thought of him as a guy that had helped work on their application with them. So uh, they described some pretty tense moments. These interviews were completed several weeks ago, but everybody's still kind of in this limbo and the students are still frozen in the fact that, you know, they can't withdraw uh, so they can get their transcripts out of there. They don't know if they're expelled or suspended yet. Right, yeah. The the school had said early on that they hoped to get this process done rel- relatively quickly, uh, but it has taken much longer than, than everybody had hoped. Um, the school says, you know, that's because they're trying to do a thorough, fair job and give the, the students a chance to put forth any evidence that they want uh, to make sure is reviewed. We have been told that the school has made decisions on just a handful of the 33 students and all of those, they won't say how many exactly, but all of those kids have been uh, cleared of wrongdoing, uh, which is to say the school has determined that even if there was some sort of falsification on the application, they've determined that the kid didn't know about it and um, really would have had no way to know about it. Uh, All the others are just waiting to hear. Also, it's hard to determine the exact criteria on what it's going to take to decide if the kids will be expelled or uh, confirmed that they had a part in all of this. There was pictures taken of some of the kids in, you know, various sports poses, you know, saying that a kid maybe took part in a photo shoot or something like that. But it's hard to really determine exactly how involved they were. And this is why some some of it is taking so long. I, I think that's right. There was some confusion among the students and the, the lawyers representing them early on in the process as to what this what the standard would be for you know finding a student culpable uh, the university has tried to clarify that and say that if there was a falsification but the kid didn't know about it and would have had no way to know about it realistically they say they are not going to punish the the student for the actions of their parents and Rick Singer and the kids are you know again just waiting to hear what the university comes down on as far as deciding whether they should have known about what was done on their behalf. Joel Rubin, reporter for the LA Times, thank you very much for joining us. Happy to do it. Thanks for having me. The ability to get money early is just much more important than it used to be. And and the reason is because of these new thresholds in the debates. And with these candidates needing to get 130000 unique donors to qualify for the September debate, you have to spend money to get each one of those donors. Joining us now is David Siders, national political correspondent for Politico. Thanks for joining us, David. Good to be here. There's a lot of people in the Democratic race for president right now for the nomination. I think we're still over 20 and everybody's kind of wondering when is when are the shoes going to start dropping? When are we going to start getting some people getting winnowed out of this group? And uh, it might seem that in the next few months, we might have some people jumping out. And this all has to do with money now. A lot of the candidates have been spending more campaign cash than they're raising, especially in this past second quarter. Tell us a little bit about this, David. I think it's exactly that, that their burn rates are fairly high. Uh, We counted 11 candidates. That's almost half the field spending more than they raised. Now, some of these people still have enough money to limp along on because primarily these are senators have 
big accounts that they can draw from and transfer in. So they're okay, but it points to, uh, I think, a problem that they need to write in their campaign moving forward. It's all about the money and name recognition early on, and you need money to help with the name recognition to get you out to events. And then also the other big thing is paying your staff. How big are these staffs for a lot of these candidates? Well, even the lesser knowns are getting a lot bigger now. I, I think Warren's might be the biggest at 300 plus wow. um, nationally. So she has a huge apparatus. But even some of these candidates who are struggling, Beto O'Rourke's a, a good example, probably the most surprising number, I think, on the fundraising night. But he's, as he's reporting raising less money, he's continuing to expand his field staff. They're opening something like 11 offices in Iowa this week. So what you say about the money being important for name recognition is, I think, so interesting because this year in particular, the ability to get money early is just much more important than it used to be. And and the reason is because of these new thresholds in the debates. And with these candidates needing to get 130,000 unique donors to qualify for the September debate, you have to spend money to get each one of those donors. So you're seeing huge investments on the digital side from a lot of these candidates buying every contribution that they end up taking in. And that's one reason you have burn rates that are so high is because if you don't make the debate stage, if you don't make the September debate stage, that's a real problem, I think, for a candidate. Being on the debate stage helps. Obviously, you know, people get curious about who you are. And then if you're lucky to get that standout moment, then there could possibly be more money coming your way. Julian Castro is a good example of that. He had a really good performance at the last debate. And then he obviously got a lot more money because of that. But he was spending 80% of the amount of money that he raised. So once again, I mean, that cash goes very fast. The Castro example is interesting because he did bump up on the fundraising, as you mentioned, but he also stayed relatively flat. His polling is not going off the charts and you haven't seen huge momentum that way. Whereas Kamala Harris, just days before, I mean, that debate happened, what, three, four days before the end of the, the fundraising period. Had that debate not happened, she probably would have raised less money in the second quarter than she raised in the first quarter. And the entire narrative surrounding her candidacy would have been flipped. But instead, she had that moment. She raised a couple of million bucks immediately after the debate. She boosted her number beyond what she raised in Q1. And she's also seen a polling bump. So there's a, a candidate that used the debate, I think, to great effect. The top five front runners combined to rake in about $100 million. How about the lesser tier candidates? Who are we worried about with this big money crunch? There are some lesser tiered candidates who have lengthy uh, records in, in public service. And I think those are the most interesting. Maybe Hickenlooper is running very short of cash. Bill de Blasio, the, the New York City mayor, who never really gained any traction, I think, with his entry, doesn't have much money. Tim Ryan has less than a million dollars. Seth Moulton is a, a congressman who is also struggling. So, so those are, I, I think, the people who are in trouble financially. There's also Marianne Williamson, Oprah's former guru. Money is a big measure of viability. And you're saying, oh, you know, they got a, a million dollars on hand or whatever. To a normal person, that seems like a ton of money. But in when you're running these campaigns, uh, you're buying airtime, you're buying, as you said, that you have to spend money to get the donors, you have to pay your staff. I mean, that stuff goes quick. There's not a lot there. And, and we're talking about these thresholds for the next debates, 130,000 donors. Do, 
do these increase for as the debates go along? We don't know beyond the fall debate. So for that debate, the threshold is hitting 2% in public opinion polls. And I think it's four different polls and then the 130,000 different donors. And then I would imagine that the DNC would continue to make the, the thresholds higher if they have to. It's not clear to me that the field doesn't start to winnow on its own. That that debate, I mean, that's really going to be a hard threshold for a lot of candidates to make. David Siders, national political correspondent for Politico. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. That's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on Twitter and Daily Dive Podcasts on Facebook. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow us on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Daily Dive was produced by Brooke Peterson and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this was your Daily Dive.